Alright girls and boys, the pairings are done and the rounds are up. Okay, pardon me. Got to get all the... Get all, all the bugs the... out of the system, mate. <laughs> uh, bugs? You mean features. <laughs> <laughs> C4 Squad presents the Rounds of Rup podcast, an AMG-focused podcast to get you gaming, chatting, learning, hanging out, and perhaps even hosting some awesome rounds of Legion, Amada, X-Wing, Shadowpoint, MCP, and more. That was a flawless intro by yours truly, Nick. Um... Thank you for joining us. I'm also joined by Nick. Hey, you going? The better Nick. Yeah, I'm good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that put me right. Stop my brain tracks. My brain tracks? Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, it's still going. And also going by Curtis. How are we? <laughs> yeah, good, mate. You got that hairball out there in the intro? Or? Uh, yeah, I thought I got out all my bugs, but. Um, I guess not. Features. Yeah, features. <laughs> Today we are going to be talking about, um, the recent event that just happened over the weekend, the randomizer event that Mitch and, um, Matt put on at the, the combat company. Words are hard. The combat company. It was an awesome event that Curtis and I went to. We're going to be chatting about that. We're going to be doing listener questions and of course we my unit. But first we have... Plugs. Curtis, why don't you run us through some plugs? Well, as always, guys, we appreciate the support that anyone and everyone gives us. So please, if you would like to support us, you like the content you hear, or you'd like to get in behind the scenes and give some advice that nobody else gets to give, because you can join our Patreon and support everything that we do. Links in the bio. If you join our Patreon, you get to join our Patreon-only Discord page, which allows Patreon members to get in there, give us all sorts of different advice, different info. You also get exclusive um, primary access to events. We normally will give a minimum 24 hours heads up and additional notice for Patreon members. So they get that chance. Seeing as our Legion events always do sell out quite quick, it is quite a substantive benefit. So yeah, joining our Patreon gets you all those little goodies and we've got some treats for them coming up in 2024 that we've got drafts for, but we just need to sit down around the round table and get it all sorted. Upcoming events we have on November 18th, the Legion World Qualifier. Limited eight acts of goodness. Jump on in, there is a wait list. We do sometimes have people bail, so please don't be scared to join the wait list because normally what will happen is if someone does bail, we just throw it out to the wait list guys in general, first one in, um, unless we know someone at the start of the wait list is pretty keen. Uh, we like to fill the spots. We really don't want it to be um, to be an odd number. No one likes odd numbers. Uh, December 2nd, Armada Qualifier, it is happening. We are really, really keen. Our good mates at the Games Bandit have managed to help us secure an Armada Qualifier kit being held at the Central Coast Leagues Club in Gosford. And then finally, more details to come, but in January, the famed Twilight Imperium event hosted by the C4 Squad. Um, notably, the biggest Twilight Imperium event known to all of Australia. So jump on board to that one, and we cannot wait to have you along. And some of our top-tier Patreons. Flanders, you want to hit this one? 
Yeah, top tier patrons are Geon Ocean Drone Cal, Sith Lord Brendo, and Joel the Mad Titan. He will eventually get his sixth kill at some point. <laughs> well, not after the way I played on the weekend. I think I'm gearing up for him, <laughs> to be honest. We'll get to that later. Yeah. Has Joel beaten Uni? Um, yeah, the week before Moab, he tried out mm. his Blizzard list. Turn two, he wanted to concede, and I was like, no, I'll play it out. And then turn six, he beat me. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a preemptive infinity state, isn't it? That's like Thanos going yeah. back in time and killing them as they were babies, just so he didn't have to fight yeah. them as adults. Like, <laughs> <laughs> mm, indeed. Uh, I don't have a good segue. For some reason, my brain was. And speaking of stones, here's view my unit. That's not a good segue. <laughs> That was great. Alrighty, so I'm going to save Nick because at the moment he's verbally tripping over his own shoelaces. Um, we are going to review the T47 Airspeeder from the Rebels. We had a fairly decent showing of this particular unit at the Combat Company, so we thought, why not cover it? It sounded like a good idea. So it has full armor, Arsenal 2, cover 1, is immune to blast, melee, and range 1 weapons. It also has speeder 2. 7 health, 5 threshold before damaged, it has got white surging saves, and its main weapon is the double laser cannon, range 1 to 3, 3 red, 3 black, surging to crits with impact 3, fixed front of course. Uh, 2 equipable weapons, one being the ground buzzer, which is fixed rear, range 1 to 2, 4 black, or the power harpoon which is range one to two one red impact one tow cable after a vehicle is wounded by an attack that includes this weapon perform a pivot with that vehicle oh yeah um buzzers worth 10 points and the harpoon is zero Alrighty, so where do we start i think overall the airspeeder itself sorry is 130 points I, I got a run on the weekend. First time ever. I loved it. I, I actually really enjoyed it. I I don't know what it was. I, I felt like I kind of connected with it better than I do with an ATST. I have no idea why. Don't ask me. It's a squishy unit, but I did. Um, what are our thoughts on it, though? I really dig it. Um, the fact, when it originally came out, um, it was before my time, but it didn't have search for grit, um, so it was kind of labelled as bad, but once it's been... Once it's got search of grit, it's just an absolute armor destroyer. Uh, dark troopers, they think about it in their nightmares. Um, ATSTs hate it. It's just good. Um, the power harpoon doesn't really come into fact that often. Um, you just put it on there because you have zero points. Um, you don't more often than not, you don't really get to use the ground buzzer. I guess I've never really seen it. Um, mm. But also being just full flat armor and also having a cover one also is nice. Um, it is only white defense dice and surging whites. Um, but automatically getting rid of one, um, one hit, which could potentially be turned into a crit due to impact, um, is always nice. Um, yeah. And personally, I love playing speeders. So 
uh, just having more speeders is more good. Mm. I bet. Yeah. What about you, Nico, Flando, however you want us to refer to you? Um, we're going to have to figure this out. Um, yeah. you, have you played it <laughs> before yourself? I haven't played a T47 before. I've only played um, an Ahsoka Rebels list before, but I, I'm i a fan of them. Even going up against them, they're intimidating. Like They're intimidating enough with the amount of firepower that comes towards you. How fast they move, their range 1 to 3 gun doesn't matter. And I haven't come across anyone that uses the Grand Buzzer or the Harpoon to at least their advantage, but the fact that it's surging to crit now, surging to defend and rolling 3 red and 3 black, it's just for that intimidating, especially if you're coming across rebels that generally run two, then they're going to get absolute value out of it. Mm. And the um, one thing even... Yeah, sorry, go, Nick. Um, I think just putting, slapping the, um, what is the sharpshooter one driver on him? Hot oh, shot. It, it's, yeah, the hotshot pilot. That, that is absolutely dirty. More often than not, you're going to get three to four over cover. Mm. Um which is always really nice. Yeah, I think it depends on which way you want to go. If you want that survivability, you go the outer rim speeder, which is two points more than the hotshot, and it'll give you cover two, so you can negate a bit more of that impact that potentially is coming in. So it depends on the flavor you feel like. Um, obviously, maybe if your primary idea is you're playing more of a bombing run style scenario, maybe you'd prefer the cover two so that you can survive long enough to get your bombs there. But... Personally, on the weekend, I ran the sharpshooter one, the hotshot pilot, and most most times I didn't even remember I had it because I was just hitting crits or impact and didn't need it, to be honest. So, um, yeah, it was, it was good fun. It was good fun. It's um, I, I came straight home. I was fortunate enough to um, win some store credit, so I bought a second one, came straight home and started making double airspeed lists because, yeah. You, you can see the value in them. Um, I do remember um, Adam told me one time that he lost a game purely because um, purely because of the power harpoon. So Away. it wounded the vehicle, pivoted the vehicle, and it meant he couldn't score with the vehicle that got pivoted. <laughs> so rough. think about it that way, right? Like that is if you've got rough. a vehicle that you know, is sort of able to do a 90 degree turn to be able to get a key position, right? It's it's not facing the key position, but it can do a 90 degree turn to still land on it. If you pivot it back the other way, it's it's in a bit of crap. <laughs> it's got a waste to pivot. Can't, can't, you know, you can double pivot or you can pivot and attempt to move. Like, yeah, you can really muck them up. The thing I love and I like this with all vehicles like it is the, the speeder keyword um, because that compulsory move helps to negate one of the three different damages that you can end up getting anyway. So for me, that speeder keyword, um, when you end up being just damaged, just broken, where you need to roll for either the suppression style roll or it takes two actions to move, that speeder ability is actually really handy because it still can get you into that range that you need and you can still take the shot or you can aim shoot or compulsory move, then aim shoot. Like, yeah, I like that. But, uh, yeah, personally, um, I just ran the hotshot pilot. Do you guys see any upgrades that you would probably staple to it 
other than maybe the hotshot pilot? Anything else? I don't think so off the top of my head. If you're going for more of a um, uh, hero-less um, list, um, actually, it, uh, what's his name? The the dude with the blue head. Shiv. Uh, Shiv. Yeah, Shriv. <laughs> Shiv um, the uh, either Shriv or Wedge, um, giving them field command and comes in clutch sometimes. Just really mm. depends on what what you what you what your list is trying to do. Yeah. Um, I definitely wouldn't take Rider. Um, you you have you could you those five points that you can spend on Rider is way more useful on something something else. Yeah, I'd be more likely to go for something like if you're gonna spend five points. I'd be more likely to go for like long range comms, emergency transponder or hacked comms really, to be honest, mm. or comms jammer. Like there's a whole bunch, like the whole comms section, except for HQ uplink is five, un, five or under anyway. So, and there's a mm. lot of stuff there that you can muck around with. So yeah, but there you have it. There's our T47. If you, anyone has any great list ideas about the T47, please throw it up in the Patreon channel. We'd love to see it. Or throw it up in the list submission section underneath the Legion Discord channel. We'd love to hear them. Love to see them. It'd be great to see an entire tournament of just T47s running at some point next year. So, yeah. That's that. Nick. What what mm -hmm. did you do on the weekend? I drove to Sydney, um, played a bunch of Legion games, and drove home. What did you do? <laughs> I got a lift to somewhere else in Sydney, because I already live here. Played a bunch <laughs> of Legion games. Got home maybe later than I should have. My wife was a little upset, but got really lucky. It was funny. She... Um, my punishment for being late or later than expected was to go to Bunnings the next day. Oh Not my the gosh. Thing in the world. If, that, if that's the punishment every time, I think I'll be late all the time. Um, I think that's like a true Australian punishment and it's not even a punishment. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not at all. And no. I was even fast in Bunnings, <laughs> but yeah, anyway. Yeah. So yeah, no, I had a great day. It was really, really good. Um, Combat company. I've never been there for an event before. I don't think you have either, Nick, have you? Oh, I haven't been there full stop. No, oh, just walking yeah. in, it's just like, oh my God, what a setup they have. It's so good. So let me paint the picture yeah. for you, Flanders. So it is literally the Bunnings of game stores is probably the easiest way to explain it. Don't Jeez, think okay. like, don't think like size wise Bunnings. We're not talking like the size of a Bunnings warehouse, right? But just say, you know, you got those industrial estate areas and you walk in and, you know, it's like literally two stories high on the inside. It's probably big enough that you could park at least half a dozen cars in there with ease, floor space wise, mm. have space between them to actually wash them as well. And these guys use from floor to ceiling around three of the walls because one wall is literally like a roller door that goes up three of the four walls is literally floor to ceiling stock shelves right and then they've got like a central section where their um where their actual you know service desk is and that and also place. then becomes floor to ceiling storage as well and it's just huge 
I, I promise you, in terms of like a walk-in store, like somewhere you can actually visit physically and walk in and look at their stock, um, I, I challenge someone to find a better stocked Star Wars minis store in Sydney. I challenge someone. Please. I mean, you probably wouldn't. Tell me. This place is mm. outstanding. Um, yeah. And then they had enough room there. for four, eight, Nine, 12, um, 12 20 ta tables. 20 players worth. Yeah, 20 players worth. Yeah. Minimum. 12 tables, plus they had extra tables on the side for other people that just walked in and were playing games mm. as well. Yeah. It was bonkers. And like one one of the, there was a dude there that was just painting, painting his his um, space marines. Yep. And it's just like, it just seems like a cool place to hang out and do whatever you want to do. Um, yeah, really, really cool. Yeah, there, there is a good culture there. Um, they They really enjoy just trying to service the community best they can. Honestly, they, um, they do do good stuff. They do communicate with their community members to try and see what the community is looking for and they try and give them everything they can. So uh, in terms of them trying to fill that little hole within the Sydney region, congratulations, guys. I think you're doing it. I think you're doing a bang up job, like absolutely outstanding. Well done. Um, moving on though. So just to start it all up. Big congratulations to C4 member Lachlan Glee for taking out first place. Uh, Greg Capel, second place. And then Alec Pacecki, third place. Every single player ran Rebels. Every Rebels player. OP? Plisner. Rebels for the top three. <laughs> <laughs> Rebels in the top three. Now, if we look at the top half of the table... We had four out of the top eight were rebels. Four of the top eight. There was um, no empire in the top eight. There was two CIS in the top eight. <laughs> mm. um, just for anyone who is curious though, so the event format was essentially, uh, they used a website that's a randomizer called A Space Viking dot python anywhere dot com and this website essentially randomized 300 to 350 points of the players list so we all filled out a form and just said um these are the two factions that i'd like to play one to two factions you're expected to have access to majority of the units within the uh, faction that you chose and while it didn't feel like it there was the chance that you could draw one of each faction because they drew two lists of each faction. One list was named as your good list by the guys that were running the competition, and one list was named as your shit list. There you go. I've used my one allowance this session already. So, and the idea was that if you ran the worser of the two lists, your name got put in twice into the randomizer wheel for allocating prizes at the end of the day. So it was kind of like getting a second, second entry into the lucky dip, so to say, which was significant because they gave out uh, eight prizes total and one of the eight prizes was valued at four times your ticket price in store credit, which was massive. So it was $120. So you're looking at almost getting yourself a whole Fargo first box. You're almost there. Um, yeah, Nick, what did you end up drawing? Um, so my two lists are, uh, since I'm selling my Rebels, um, I just chose that 
uh, I'm gonna, there's going to be a guard player and a guard player only. My two lists that were randomized were, one was double generic clone commander with some other bits and bobs. Um, and the other one, which I chose had Chewy, a RPS phase one squad, a shooty, naked shooty Wookiee squad and a naked ATRT. So what I did was I doubled down on the ATRT and I put another one in with flamers, um, filled out just a generic phase one, um, gun line kind of thing. One with fives, one with the DC 15, lost the RPS. And then I put in Padme and Rex, who for those still wondering is still shit. There's my, <laughs> there's my word of the, um, the, the allocation allowance. Of your word <laughs> allowance. Um, yeah, those still wondering still, yeah. Um, parts, part of me wishes that I didn't choose, like, I, I wish I had to choose Rex, but for some reason I decided, oh yeah, I'll give Rex a go. Most of the time he just sat around and did nothing because he was too scared to jump out and start gunslingering people. The coolest yeah. thing that did happen with him was, um, I was playing supply drop and I had a hollow projectors. So on his one pit turn, um, I hollow projected fives to give him an order to another phase one squad. And I double guns think I double fire supported off Rex's one pit, which was fun. Um, didn't really do much. I think it did like eight wounds total, but, and then Rex got slapped by Maul and died. But at that point it was, uh, it was just like, yeah, like if that's the coolest thing Rex did for me, yeah, not fun. But the rest of the list did all right though. Um, I ended up going two and one, uh, not two and one, one and two. Sorry. I'm not that. It wasn't, they didn't go that <laughs> I blame it all on Rex. Um, yeah, a lot of the games just felt like chaotic fun because most people were running weird and wonderful things. Um, yes, I really, really enjoyed the randomizer thing. Whoever mm. thought of the original randomizer kind of idea, it's a really smart guy. Yeah, I'm not really a smart guy. Absolutely zero idea who it is. But um, <laughs> yeah, were you were you overall? Um, do you think that your worst list was labeled appropriately or do you feel like maybe it should have actually been the other list after you actually made a full army out of what you were allocated as compulsory no i do think the other list was um worst i just made a bad list <laughs> yeah <laughs> see i deliberately like, I, chose my worst list because yeah. i thought it looked better and i actually i didn't tell I, I threw both my lists past three people and like after I built them and I didn't tell them which one was supposed to be the worst list, which one was supposed to be the best list. And every single person picked my bad list, my allocated bad list as being the best list in terms of how they could see it performing. So my good list, I was allocated Din Djarin, bad start already, full team of commandos with a sniper. Shooty Wooks and Tauntauns, single unit of Tauntauns. That's crap. That's terrible. That, that, that sucks, right? But that was my good list. My bad list was Shooty Wooks, 
Mandalorian Resistance with the Beskar Jewelers. Commando Strike Team with the Proton Saboteur. And then the Airspeeder, the T-47. They named that the crap list, I think, because of the fact that all my special forces was taken up and it didn't really give me any options to play flexible with them. Funny enough, it was actually a little bit of fun because I did just sort of send them off to do their own little jobs here and there. So it was like, hey, Wookiees, you're going to support the Mandos. Strike team, you're just going to hold a point and drop bombs and just wait for somebody to run past and detonate them. But um, yeah. Which, which one do you reckon you guys would pick? Do you reckon you'd be picking the DIN list or the, uh, or the T-47 list? I'd probably pick the T-47, personally. That's me. <laughs> mm, I'd, uh, just because I'm a DIN fan, I'd probably pick DIN, um, even mm. though I know he's not the best, but I still like him because he's fun. But <laughs> that's just me. I wouldn't trust what I say because I decided I'd to choose Rex. But, um... Yeah, I really should have chose either Annie or Yoda. Probably Yoda to go with Chewie and just like double down on Yoda shenanigans, but I didn't. Anyway. That could have been a good combo, yeah. Mm, yeah. You know that really good combo that's doing like really well, like almost all the time? I probably should have done that. Ah, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's my word. <laughs> um, I just used it on a throwaway sentence. Yeah. <laughs> what a waste. What a waste. Yeah. Problem is, um, once you use it, it's kind of hard to change the word back out. But we're trying to be good for our <laughs> listeners because I know there's some people's kids listening in the car. Hi, kids. Have a good day at school. Um, yeah. Still sad that Mitch stole that from Nick. He didn't tell him. But yeah. <laughs> um, no. So, I mean, he's doing it slowly, isn't he? He stole my name for my... Agent Callus list that he won the New Zealand qualifier with. But then oh, plays plays dumb. And I'm like, dude, you were at the tournament where I played that list. It was in the lists that tournament. He goes, no, was it? I said, okay, let's get the game up. We could have a look. And Matt was with us when he had a look and he went, oh, crap. <laughs> nice. I'm like, you can't just add a bunch of exclamation marks to the end of it and go, yeah, mine's unique. Um, yeah, look, first thoughts on structure versus sort of thoughts after. Look, um, I don't mind the structure. I like the structure. Um, I think I would be really keen if maybe there was a little more focus on a limitation of what is allocated, if you get what I mean. So rather than someone having all their special forces filled up by just the randomizer, which can really hurt someone, Maybe being like, you know, um, you're going to get allocated an operative, you're going to get allocated a special force, and then you're going to get allocated maybe a heavy or a support, one or the other. Um, and then after like that. That's the way I do it. Yeah. Because um, yeah. then it leaves a little more agency for list building. Um, I feel like people maybe are not so much a victim of a poor drawer all the time. Um, but yeah. And then you can always, you know, do a random role or something like that for 
equipping an upgrade or something like that to sort of make the points more within that 10% range, like what they were trying to do, which I like that idea. I like the idea that it was being controlled by that 300 to 350 point margin. Cause I think yeah. that really, really helped. What, what were your initial thoughts, like reading through the details of it all, Nick, or what did you think about it? I really like the idea. It just sort of shakes things up a bit. Um, after all, at the moment, there's n there hasn't been a lot of like meta changes. The, the latest release of like the Ewok battle force and the, um, Tempest force didn't really change a whole lot, but at the moment, the meta isn't really changing much. So we're seeing a lot of the same stuff over, over again. So playing mm. something like this, where there is no meta per se, it's just a whole bunch of randomized craziness. Um, you don't really know what you're going to be coming, like you can kind of gather what you're coming up against because everyone's randomized lists are, um, are all public, but you don't know the, re the rest of the list being built around it. Yeah. Um, there was a couple like of snail tanks idea. too, wasn't there? There was two people that ended right. up with snail tanks, which was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Mitch and Tom brought them as, yeah, I really like Tom's tank if you didn't get to see it he has um googly eyes on it um he, is that the silver one yeah it was really yeah. really good paint yeah. job was good too even though it's got like yeah. googly eyes the paint job looked great from every angle to be honest mm. um but yes back to the, like the whole structure of it i do like it something a little bit more casual no one's there just to um gotta stomp everyone on their way to victory Everyone else said it's just a roll dice and play with our plastic miniatures and, it, and it's just always a good fun. Most of the time, like even in our game, Curtis, um, where it was, it actually came down right to the very end of like the first, like a dice roll basically. Um, well, we'll get to it eventually in detail when we do our bang mm. ropes, but yeah. But like even as we were playing it, it was just like a super casual, yeah, nah, we're just going to do this, this and this and... That's about it. Like there wasn't that much forethought or thing. The amount of times I said, this is a bad idea. Anyway, going in and going in and doing it. it I said that a lot, which made, might be to my downfall, but I'm going to blame Rex. So realistically blaming the space Viking for giving you a list that had Rex. No, you didn't give oh, me no, that's Rex. right. You chose it. You I willingly. Chose Rex. You willingly <laughs> threw yourself into the mud. Right. We forget. Uh, mm. How about you, um, N2? Did you, uh, Nick number two, did you manage to have a little look at the, um, little look at the, the player's pack at all yourself or? Yeah, I read the player's pack when it was released and I'm rereading it just to, um, refresh myself on it. And I, I like one of the things that they've got as an FAQ. It says, what if I don't like clocks or the event format or what the randomizer gave me? It just says, Relax, this is a fun event designed to break away from the meta of the game, which I yeah. think is great. Like, that's why I enjoyed doing the randomizer that Nick was doing for C4 every Thursday night. We did our own randomizer league and whatever. It's just something different. It's the same way that people like to do organized play kits and have the yeah. custom missions and stuff like that. I like that sort of stuff. I think especially coming from a strong background in 40K, I always like doing campaign war games where the games progress, you get more upgrades or you get more points to spend and stuff like that. And so by the end, you've got this grand army. Like, that's just different from the standard 2K meta that you get in 
40k but for legion i i like these sort of events that step away from the hyper competitive focus that everyone has especially in c4 we have quite a lot of competitive people and i think mm. being able to step aside to an event and be like hey let's take it more casually nothing's really on the line or or things are on the line but it's not going to be as sweaty there's not going to be yeah. people that are really really going for it I think that's. I think it's good to have that every so often in a in a uh, wargaming community like this. I think something like this that's more lighthearted should be a focus of every community to run one of these style, a feel of events every year. One, uh, just to give everyone a chance to relax and, you know, step back and remind themselves why they kind of enjoy the game, not be all sweaty and nasty. You know, we had four new players, like four players who were playing at a game store, I think in Maroubra, I think it was. And these guys have never played in an external tournament at all. This was their first time. I think they've only been playing six months or less as a group. And they play against, it's just the four of them, they play amongst themselves as often as possible, I think weekly now. And yeah, I think they were saying that the main reason they came along was because that massive skill gap is closed down a bit by the fact that people have less agency over their list and about oh, how yeah. many shenanigans can go on. And I really think that that's a great spot to pitch one tournament a year at a point where you're doing something that lowers a skill gap. Like our eight activation tournament, it's not so much lowering a skill gap. It's just helping people roll more dice because they're probably bringing units that hit harder or with better upgrades or, you know, the, the idea about an eight act is it's a, maybe a little more tactful, but you've still got that list building agency. So. Oh yeah. Like the, this eight act thing, like it, before, after Moab, I was like, all right, last qualifier of the year, I'm just going to bring back the blizzard list i run at moab and when bringing in an eight act limitation i'm like well now I've, I've got two different lists that i haven't decided on yet that are completely different that i would never run because i was like well screw it i want to do something different so yeah, yeah. the eight activation tournament at the start of the year um is the reason adam started like spamming v2s all the time because he ran an eight activation <laughs> v2 list yeah, and it just stomped everyone. So he thought, "Oh, I might try again." So he tried it in Invader League, I think, and it just kept stomping people. And he went, "You know what? Even though it's eight acts, it doesn't matter if they're down to eight acts by the end of round two, anyway. So let's do it." <laughs> like, yeah, and it's that's it. it's a really solid point if you can get a good list that can hit, um, and bring them down to the same activations as you within two rounds. Well. Share. I don't think your activations really matter if they've got the ability to bring the other person down to your level quickly. So yes. and reliably, obviously. Like you don't want something that relies too heavily on variants. But um yeah. So how'd your first game of the day go, Nick? Um, it was good. I played against Paul. Um he had a was running Grievous, some Magna Guard, two B extractor teams. Bowload of B1s and two Flamer, a not ATSTs, Spider Droids. <laughs> Flamer ATSTs. Imagine Flamer ATSTs. Oh my God. Um, mm. Yeah. So yeah, I played on, I think it's Maps Kashyyyk table, um, which is 
it looks amazing. Um, it's a beautiful table. It's yeah, it's a bit awkward to play on, I think. Yes, but um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you played on it as well, I'm guessing. Yeah, I played a final game on it, and just getting determining line of sight under things and trying to get it all yeah. moving things underneath that giant centerpiece is mm. tedious. I'll put it that way. Yeah, but it, it looked amazing, and for some reason, I decided I wanted to play my whole army on one of these little um platforms hovering above the the lands and that's where basically everything of mine died um <laughs> we're playing the sabotage and moist, evap moist evaporators and basically i had one phase one squad out uh, playing on major offensive um and put one phase one squad up on doing tap on the bat in the very edge of the corner where they're going to be safe um and the rest of my army towards this put moisture vap on top of this platform because i'm silly um because i thought it was cool so my whole army's on there and then his grievous turn two runs in does his toily thing um a lot of my stuff dies i couldn't do enough damage and then straight after that there's two um spider tanks uh, spider droids climbing up there about to flame everybody again so i, I managed <laughs> to kill one of them before they either they move in and explode but then there was a point in the in the game where there was a spider droid on three wounds i think and i had a shot with chewy i was like okay he this spider droid has not gone yet uh, it's unlikely i kill it but if I do do a wound, what's going to happen is he's going to move, he's going to flamethrower a squad, and then he's going to blow up, blow up and hit basically my whole army. And I was talking to people about it. I'm like, what do I do? This is a generic conundrum. I want to kill it. Um, he had a 20% chance of pulling it out of the bag. I was like, oh, look, those odds are kind of all right. So I took the shot with Chewy. I do two wounds, and then I don't kill it enough. For it to be dead um and then he makes me pull out of his bag um and i pull the spider so next turn move flamethrower and then blow salt up. in the wind and then, yeah <laughs> well, he, yeah he blows up his own grievous grievous doesn't take any wounds but um yeah it, it was a, it was a fun chaotic game like both of both of us were having a fun chatting having a chatty time, just being like, yep, yeah, this is, this is insane. This is dumb. We're doing it anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. At the end there, Grievous just wouldn't die. I was just everything. I was chucking everything I had at him, um, in melee. He just wouldn't die. Uh, taking three to four shots for two rounds, um, from phase one squads and wrecks and the leftover of a shooting Wookiee squad just not he just wouldn't die mm. oh, that was my game one um game two was against you curtis oh hang on hang on i'll cover my game one first because i think it'll be good for us to talk at the same time as each other when we do okay. game two because there's a lot to be shared from that one um so i played my first game was listy list list from james rutledge um and his first comment to me was 
I might need you to move some of my pieces on the table. My hands are shaking and his hands were visibly shaking. He goes, I am hungover as all hell. I was out for a long night. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Knowing it was going to be like 30 odd degrees that day and we're in a tin shed. I'm like, <laughs> you poor bugger. That's not a great way to start. Um, yeah, he was running triple stats, double B2s, double B1s, Asage and a super tac droid. Um, it was a bloodbath between the two of us we destroyed 950 points worth of units between the two of us so both of us at a minimum destroyed half of the opposing players army worth of points so yeah it was it was a pretty full-on game it was payload and it just got to a point where his stats did a great job they came in they chip damaged away a couple of units that Asajj then finished off um and then they just sat around my payload to stop me moving it, which was unfortunate. Uh, his payload, I managed to stop it, but I didn't stop it early enough. And he managed to just get it inside of range two. So he got that one point. And then um, I think he got me on kill points by like 140 or something. But um, yeah, my, my Mando team managed to, um, in one turn, get his Asajj down to only one health. So Yuck. yeah, they... They swung really nasty. He dove a in thinking, yeah, okay, we'll be all right here. Um, and then I rolled, even without Pierce or anything, because obviously um, Makash, Makashi Mastery removes that Pierce. Um, yeah, managed, managed to get him down to only one wound left. I'm like, ooh. So, yeah, I was like, let's just roll and see if I do kill a Sarge or not. I didn't kill her. Didn't manage to get it through. The, um, the last Mando couldn't do it, but yeah. Um, second round was friendly fire. Um, Nick and I drew each other for the second round, which was good. Um, though I feel like for this particular round, I was playing rebels and mercenaries because I actually paid Nick's rebels to join my side and they were on the table against him. So <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> I think... A third of my list actually came from Nick because it was the Mandos and the Strike team. So, yeah. Oh, fifth of my list. So, yeah, they were they were from Nick. But, um, yeah, it was... How did it, how did it start off again, Nick? How, how did the whole game um, start? <laughs> uh, so, this was after lunch um, where we went to a brewery that was in the um, the industrial section just next door, basically. Um, really nice beers and burgers, um, would go again. Not as good as a muffin, but good, but good. I was going to say, muffin, yes. That yeah, chicken burger um, was outstanding actually, but that last yeah. beer really got me. Yeah, that last beer that, oh, um, yeah, you shouted me a beer, um, and you told me, oh, which one do you want? And I just picked a random one. I don't even remember what it was called. It was like the... It's like 6%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wasn't even looking at that. Got a bag out um, of sip and I went, oh my gosh, the next two games are going to be It tasted fun. really nice. So, so as we were walking back, I was, I was walking next day and I'm like, is anyone else just kind of feeling pretty good right now <laughs> after two beers? And, <laughs> and Adam's like, yeah, 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 yeah that, those are, those are pretty good. So, um, we started off, um, our rounds feeling pretty good. Um, how, how did, how did we go with, um. How did, how did choosing the, yeah. the scenario and oh, everything yeah. go again? So, um, <laughs> and we, we get to our flop. We, we both rock up 
um, I think I was red, but I just rocked yeah, up and chose the side that I was standing on just because I didn't want to move anything. Um, and so we do the flop. You pass after thinking about it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to pass too. <laughs> and then I look around think seeing, seeing what no, other people are doing, just having a good old time. Oh, Adam is sitting next to me, so I'm looking at what he's doing. And then uh, he, you go, I'm going to pass again. I'm like, what is this? One of us is doing something wrong because I'm going <laughs> to pass again. <laughs> and, and and then 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 I look to the right and Mitch is there. So I asked Mitch, "Hey Mitch, um, both of us just passed everything, and so surely one of us is doing something wrong." And then he looked down. He's like, oh, "No, both of those are the least worst out of everything. Both of them are the least yeah. worst <laughs> of both of your lists." So like well, at the start, given the cards, like, you both made the right yeah. choices. Yeah. <laughs> Which is which just seems silly that both of us double passed and it's just like, yep, that's the rock. Both of you have done the right things. And I think that's where the right things started to just stop. Yeah. So we ended up with key positions, roll out and clear conditions, which for me was an absolute dream because I'm running Cassian um, and you're running ATRTs. So I'm standing there looking at your ATRTs going, I can plink damage a bit out of these guys on their way in. And I was trying to tee up my saboteur to drop a drop a proton bomb in there to try and get at your ATRTs. Um, you flanked with your ATRTs. You had the rest of your army hidden behind one of those little C4 crates that we have, mm. the little shipping containers. So you managed to fit a whole Gar army behind there, which was pretty impressive, <laughs> um, other than the ATRTs. The ATRTs rock up onto the proton charge. Zero damage from six dice with impact, one blast on two ATRTs, zero damage. Yeah, uh, so I was like disappointed. The, I was, I was a little sad. The, the first bomb onto the first ATRT got two through it rolled two saves. I'm like, oh God, yep. this is yeah. And then the second one rolled one save. My white saves never rolled this good. You were feeling slightly confident at that point too, because you were like, oh yeah, I'm I was a little bit. Yeah, you move your flavor around and you annihilated my saps because I had two bombs yeah. there. I tried to tee up the two bombs so that I could capitalize on it. So as long as my sap, as long as I had the saps left, I was okay. But you teed them up and you killed them, so the bomb was gone, which was good. Yeah. And I think at that point you were feeling a little safe, but the problem was Cassian was just going to absolute town. I think both times yeah. he shot at your ATRTs because he just hit each one immense. once. He did the two damage straight through. I was like, yes, awesome. And you never even got to roll damage dice because I think then my T-47 came, no, my yeah. Rebel Vet squad went to town on one, but they were rolling mm. their full bait and they just like four black, four white. And they just, they rolled really well. Like they rolled absolutely ridiculously. Um, and then the second one, I think the ATRT, the last one that you had, I snuck my T-47 through and just shot at it. Yeah. Yeah. My T-47 may as well have been from Tokyo Drift, to be honest, because all he did was do one big circle. Yeah, he he literally stayed on one little quarter of the table. He literally ran in, shot at the ATRT, ran away and circled back around to come back for a key position later in the game. It was probably the highest level of tactical thought I've tried to put into a game because I know how much... That Gar army can hit me if I give you enough chance to do it. 
Mm. And I and had you to did really, really that. well. Yeah. Like you did really, really well of just holding back. I tried to tease you out a little bit here and there, but you weren't taking, you weren't taking the bait. Um, you were just managing because Cassie yeah, can plink yeah, those is. little teasers anyway. <laughs> Chewy, poor Chewy. Oh God. So yeah. Nick had two turns. He had one turn where Chewy just unfortunately had already activated. Um, and Cassian got two damage in at it. Right. Following turn, Chewy activates, stands dead still, exact same place. Cassian being Cassian doesn't move either. Does not move either, right? And Nick goes, Dodge standby. And I've got a, a, a I've got a face up order token on Cassian, and K2 has already just activated as well. So Cassian's loaded, he's just waiting. And Nick goes, Dodge standby. I'm like, okay. Cassian's activating. I'm going to shoot him to Chewie and you just wait. Ah, oh, you bugger. Why did I do that? <laughs> it was one of those things. It was like, okay, um, I'm going to move Chewie here to kind of tease him a little bit. He got shot and wasn't teasing in the right kind of way. Um, I guess you don't f fly that way. But then, then in my thought, okay, he, Cassian has Hunter on him. So he's just going to get another aim by shooting, shooting Chewie anyway. So in my brain, after that happened, I need to move Chewie away. And then I just forgot. <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically the rest of the game just came down to us trying to get little plink shots wherever we could mm. without overexposing ourselves. Um, it literally was just turn six because we had yeah. terrain that was placed well enough that majority of units could hide all but one or two health worth of mm. units which is where that new the new cover rule comes in you can only kill what you see type thing that limitation helped me in this game and it helped me in my third game as well because i just used it to my i just used and abused that rule in general and that's what i was trying to do when i was hiding behind that fan blade on your side that um mm. the orange fan blade i was just trying to hide just enough of my mandos behind it so that if you got anyone you can only really get one damage but it just yeah. meant that the rest of the mandos could dive in. But um, yeah, so the game at the end of the day ended up, I got Nick four to three, but there was only 29 points different in kill points. And the thing was Nick had this massive choice in round six where he stood there and he's like, I can dive this unit in and go and try and tie it at four all, or I can try and shoot your, I think it was my mando Mandos. unit or someone. Yeah, you're yeah. going to try and shoot them off the center objective. I can't remember. Did you shoot them off the center objective or did the... No, no I think the roll whiffed, didn't it? No, I rolled really good. But I rolled double just came in clutch. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was a full DC-15 phase one shot and with, it, with, I think, two aims. So I think you were looking at... I think it was six um, after cover. Or, no, I think it was yeah, five or six it. after cover. Whatever yeah, it was, it was, it was then, five then, yeah. after cover, had, and I had heavy had cover, two minis left, and everything, and yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, I only two had two minis. Oh my oh. gosh! And then he just I natty did. everything, and it's just like, God, I did. It was one of those yeah. rolls that I did where I'm extremely excited because I know how pivotal that moment was. But then at the same time, there's that moment immediately after, there's a split second after the excitement where you go, I feel really sorry for my opponent because this is really rude. But surging red saves, you're probably expecting maybe one mando to live. Mm -hmm. Like 
it's a it's literally a 50 50 whether you just kill the second mando or whether the second mando just lives i think yeah. when you got like a red surging save and, and the odds are that many dice but yeah it came down to that and then just to you know rub it in flim a t47 in to take the fourth point and then annihilated his lone fives that was just sitting there going hey look at me yeah but uh good game bro. yeah no, really solid game. solid good game um your last game of the day was against matt matt's matt's great fun to play against i yeah. really enjoyed my game against matt at moab and geez you guys went to town 1100 yep. um, points worth of units removed in one game there's yep. only 500 and points worth of unit left on the board. What the hell? And not only that, we played all six rounds in an hour. I can um, see why. You only had half your activations by halfway <laughs> through the game. Yeah. As we were setting up, we were both of us were kind of looking at each other being like, yeah, let's just smash through this. Um, so that's what we did. Both of us were, we both played quite aggressively. Um, he had a bunch of Black Sun with more with um swoop bikes first time seeing swoop bikes on the table they look really cool they look mm. really really cool um they don't do as much as what they think they should do but anyway that's another conversation um yeah another, another game of um sabotage the evaporators um basically it's he um deploys most of his um army except two units worth or completely down the other side of the table and basically we're playing on a skirmish sized map um black sun's running at me my flame is running at the black suns both of us want to get into range one of each other i managed to get a flamer off and then my my atrt blows up through some magnets and this is a time where i managed to play um rex's one pit where he double fire supports off his gunslinger only dealing eight wounds really wish Grex's gun had like PS1. That would that would make him good. <laughs> Imagine that. Maybe a command card that he could get at some point in the future. Yeah. Who knows? Anyway. But um yeah, that's the only cool thing Rex did. Um Padme ended up shooting five times during that game. Um which is just bonkers. And only with a range two gun. Sharpshooter two, PS1, um as a fire support starter it's it's a it's a good good drug um yeah so the swoop bikes were just getting melted by padme um but, but yes it just turned into more just jumping in between my units slapping things until they die mm. and but yeah i was doing just as much damage as he was to me but yeah um yeah. there was a point where he could either table me or Played the, he played the objective. He decided to try and table me instead of playing the objective, and that's the only reason I won. The, it was, it was, it was <laughs> he's good at that. Uh, he is actually really good yeah. at reading an opponent's list and play style early in the game, and then shuffling over to the "I must annihilate you by attrition, or I am going to wait and just play points." He's really good at reading that game from the start. And that's what I felt when I played him at Moab was, you know, he looked at like my opening deployment and then he looked at my opening moves. And I think he pretty much had me figured out at that point in time. So yeah, yeah. I'll get to him eventually. Yes. Yeah. 
it was a really good, just a really fun game. Both of us were just running on instinct. It was like, yep, we're doing, as soon as you pull it out of the bag, oh, yep, that dude's doing this and this. Roll dice. Yeah. They roll dice. All right, your turn. Pull the bag, rinse and repeat. It was just like that for an hour. And yeah, really solid, fun game of Legion mm. where it's, you know, we roll boatloads of dice and there was no pressure on it or anything. So. <laughs> what about your last nice. game, uh, my last one was another game where I looked at, I, I ended up with another gar list. Um, and I looked at it and I just went, okay, this is another list, another game where it's just going to have to be a tactical game. Um, it, his name was, uh, Lorenzo. So he was one of the newer guys, but that was not something to take into account because he actually played quite well. So we ended up playing Sab's. And I looked at his list. He was running uh, Cody, two phase ones, two phase twos, two lots of Wookiees. Um, one was the Malays and one was the Shooties. And then he had two ATRTs. My gosh, my airspeeder went to absolute town when it needed to. It earned, I think it actually earned almost all the points that I ended up scoring. But I just looked at him. And he, we had limited viz and he used it really, really well. He dove up like 70% of his army behind some really good cover really fast to make sure that he could get close to me without Cassian getting that plink damage on the way in. So that turn one, he was only a one speed off entering that range three bubble. So he did really, really well. I looked at it and I went, oh, as soon as I saw him do that, I went, I thought to myself, I can't underestimate him just because I know that he's a newer player. He's probably played war games before. I need to make sure I give him a bit of respect. Otherwise, he's probably going to stomp me. Um, and at that point, I just sort of set up positions. And my Sab, my Saboteur dropped four Proton Charges and then just bolted to the back of the table and hid behind a block. Just went, okay, if you want this moisture evaporator, you're going to have to come at me. And if you come at that moisture evaporator, every time you do anything, I'm just going to throw some dice at you. So I sort of shielded that and he could see it and he didn't want to get too close to it because it was a lot of bombs. Um, managed to get both his Wookiees off the table, oh, one of his Wookiees off the table, both the ATRTs ended up off the table. Uh, and I think I got one of his phase ones off as well. So all in all, um, came down to the kill points. And by the end of it, I got him by, what did we get? Uh, 73 kill points by the end. Um, but it was legitimately a game where I knew I was not going to be able to go at him. Um, I knew it was just going to be a game where I would use my airspeeder and, and pretty much just trade it up for it. Managed to take out both his ATRTs with my airspeeder. So that was, that was a huge trade because they're worth more than what my speed it was worth so but um yeah it was it was just about keeping track of the game being patient and using what you had to do the best that you could do really but um yeah overall um overall on the table um that was the best three game day that i've had so far i've always been like a one two person and that's the first First tournament I've actually had as part of my second year worth of time in Legion. 
some about 14, 15 months in, I finally broke it through and got the two one, which was great. And I, um, if, if I recall correctly, I was the highest ranked admin, which is something that is a big change because I'm normally the lowest ranked admin. So you and Adam really let us down. The audacity of this man. <laughs> no, you should have seen it. When I sat, I sat there and I looked up the table and I looked across combat company. I shouted at Adam because he was sitting on the far side from me when they were doing the draw of prizes. And I went, Adam, check the ladder. I'd beat you. He goes, no. Then he checked the ladder and you should have seen his face sink. Because the funny thing was he had to sit with me in the car on the way home as well. But, um, no, the harsh part was it was on SOS. And the two people that Adam beat, because he played down in the second round, the two people he beat both ended up 0-3. That's the harsh part about it. So really, if he'd have played people on par, like not having to have a play down at all, um, I think it would have been a bit different. So if it was like a 16-person tournament rather than the 18, because having that 9-9 split kind of hurt. Uh, might have been a different story, but you know what? I don't care. I'm going to claim it while I can claim it um, because I may never actually be able to claim it again. So I'm going to make the most of it while I can. But uh, yeah, so other C4 people. So we had Adam came in eighth. So I came in seventh. Adam came in eighth. Um, Humble Nick came in nine. Ninth. Uh, Mitch doesn't matter. Uh, Nick was 14. <laughs> And that's it. Yeah. So overall, good fun. Good fun. Really enjoyed it. Definitely something that's on the list. Um, Definitely something we'd love to do again. So if anyone out there is listening and you'd like to give any sort of, you know, heads up advice or um, feelings as to how you think it could be tweaked to make it better, we cannot guarantee we're going to make every and all changes that you suggest to us, but we can promise that we'll take them on board and see which ones fit best within how we would like to see the day run. If you've got any feedback for us, because we'd love to run something similar, uh, please hit us up, let us know. Now, um, Flanders Nick is... Oh, yeah. Um, One last thing. The best thing about having an event in Sydney is um, on the way home, I got to... Um, cause I, I used to live in Sydney, um, and I used to always used to go to, this is borderline adjacent to the muffin story. Um, <laughs> C4 food blog. Yeah. So back to the C4 food blog. Sorry, Nick. I just want to talk a little bit more. The, the, <laughs> um, I used to live in Colgra and at this place, there was a place called Hariri Chickens best like Lebanese chicken burgers and chips you'll ever have in your life. Um, and I made sure to swing by, uh, I managed to see an old buddy there as well, swing by and have the, basically it was, this place was on my walk home, um, after, after going to work every day. And it was just like, oh, I could get chicken. I shouldn't. So I kept on walking and it, every time I've been in Sydney for, and another reason i'm like oh can i swing by this place and maybe get some get some good good chicken and chips and it's just like uh 
we're not in the south side of Sydney, so it's, oh, it's just not worth it. But we were in the south side of Sydney, and it only took me 12 minutes to drive there, and I was a happy lad all the way home. Um, yeah. I should start a food blog, a food podcast, where I just talk about all my wonderful food experiences. <laughs> and it'll just all be that muffin, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so we've got a really good listener's question here, and... It is going to take a little bit of a deep dive, so we only are going to do the one because I think there's a little bit to talk about. Nick, did you want to, um, since you've been on the quiet list, did you want to take us into this listener question or let us know what it is and what your thoughts are on it to start off? Yeah, so this question is from Micro0411 in the Discord. He said, my question is, is there a point when getting reps can become a sunk cost? Like I've been using a competitive list for over a year and gotten some great results, but after some points, hikes, choke nerfs, and new releases, the list just isn't performing like it used to, even as I get better with it. When and how do you know it is time to abandon the list to try and find another more competitive list? So there's a lot to break down from that one in particular, and it is a long question, but... Um, it depends, ultimately it comes down to how much fun do you have with the list? That's the very first important thing that you, that you need to think about. Are you having fun with the list? And say, for example, with a points hike, does the points hike make the list illegal? Does it bring it above 800 points? Yes or no? No. Then are you having fun with the list? That's the next thing. Because if you're having fun with it, then just keep playing the list that you're enjoying. It's it's like very similar to when you're starting in a war game. People are like, oh, what what should I, what army should I play, or what unit should I get? It's just like pick what you want, pick what you like and think is cool, and have fun with. It's very much in the same way of playing a list as well. Side note on that: if you are a very competitive person and you like to have competitive lists and try and make sure it's good then that's probably when if you think that the list that you've tried to get reps for is no longer competitive because it's had a whole bunch of changes to it maybe that's something to consider maybe that's something to put to the side during the middle of the year i put oh god i don't know maybe 30 or 40 games into just a random i think i was doing double bounty lists in the middle of the year and i just tried it and tried it and i was running my head straight into jared for months and i still haven't won a game against him but i was just trying the double bounty list and i really wanted to make it work and then there was just a, a meta shift and i put it down and picked up wanting to try blizzard instead mind you blizzard had been out for a while but i wanted to just try blizzard because i'd been wanting to try it for months and months but i wanted to try the double bounty out instead but i guess it it comes down to how competitive do you want to be what are you looking to get out of your competitive list are you looking to win are you wanting to most people are looking to win we'll be honest but are you are you either looking to win or are you looking to try and crawl up from a previous school that you've had like mine for example is i've gone one and two most times at one day events i'd like to try and go two one at a one day event 
because I went three and two at a two day event. So stats are in my favor if I can try and do a two one and a one day, but it just ultimately what are you looking for? Are you looking for ultimately trying to win the whole thing, or are you just looking to try and get a positive win ratio? Or are you trying to just keep up with the competitive people that's in your community? C4 is a great example is that we have quite a high skill player community amongst us. So our kind of um, performance as a club is kind of a little bit higher than average. But where what are you trying to get out of it is the whole overarching question of this is that if you're looking for it to be fun engaging and you want it to be competitive then i would say swap your list because mm -hmm. if you're not being able to get the results that you want or you're not having fun or you're running your old list and you're not getting the results you want which then is making it not fun and you're losing and it'll be fair not everyone likes to lose all the time then I'd say it's time to probably swap your list. It depends on what it is as well. Like you say points hikes and choke nerfs. I'm assuming it's some sort of force wielder list. And let's be honest, if it's a choke nerf, it probably involves Vader in some, some yeah. aspect. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Yeah, um, I, I reckon, I reckon, I feel like this question is leaning a little bit towards a Blizzard style list because um, updates and things like that change the way that beta could be played in blizzard we may be wrong if we're wrong we'd love to um we'd love to see you throw it into the um the list submission channel on the legion um part of the server because we have a lot of guys who would be really keen to see what it is and see how it's playing because we may think it's okay but it might be the the places you're playing have a very different meta to where we play as well like our meta shifts between every single competition but like yeah to echo what nick was just saying fun is the first and foremost the big one because if you're not having fun with the list like i'd love to take tempest force to a lot of things but it's not fun really i'd love to take the triple atst but it's not fun it's not interactive it's very very monotonous and bland it's 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 like drinking hot water without the tea bag, really. Um, but then at the same time, like Nick said, there is still that certain sort of fun to not losing everything as well, like still getting one or two wins out of a three three game day. Um, a lot of us always would love to get get that. Unfortunately, there is always that person that has to go to zero three unless you've got less than sixteen players. But, um, yeah, I think, I think you just need to be following the meta of where you're at. If there is high armor, you need to definitely be taking impact. So I think for every full armor unit, you probably need to be taking at least, I would say at least impact one per mini or impact three, four for like an ATST type thing. Otherwise you just, you know, chip that individual unit. Um, if it's multiple armor units, then you definitely, you, you've then got to multiply that. Uh, I think some of the better lists at the moment are lists that take a bit from everything. And I wouldn't say you need to definitely take something from armor, but you definitely need to have something that has 
some form of token sharing or, or generation, one or the other. Um, so you need units that are happy to generate tokens for each other. Pikes, for example, are a good bolster for token generation and sharing in terms of the rebels. They help a little bit with that survivability. They're not the answer to it, but it helps a little bit. Um, especially some of the command cards in rebels that allow dodges to be handed out and being able to get actual orders to rebel units like the vets where they get their defend or shore units where they get their their aim but um yeah i think i think it's it's part of just being able to change with the times and it happens to everyone to be honest um even in x-wing same thing happened in x-wing to a lot of the top-notch players play the same thing over and over again for a long period of time eventually they had to give up on it because the world moved on without them because what they were playing was working, working, working. Then all of a sudden overnight it wasn't because the rest of the world had all kitted out to beat that archetype and that list. And now that person had to re-explore new options. So yeah. And I think that's just going to happen all the time. You're going to go through phases where your list is going to roll through being highly effective to then being mediocre. Um, I wouldn't say they were going to being absolutely terrible, but mediocre. Um, the also the thing is, is like once you're getting into like that top percentile of the list making, the little changes you make aren't going to completely change the list. So if that makes sense. So basically you have your, the list that you have, um, and do you upgrade changes here and there won't change the whole list that much, um, which is which is what you want to be doing if you're trying to be the top tier competitive, like a top tier competitive player, um, which is something I'm not good at at all, is fine tweaking these little things. But um, for a while there, I was trying to play Sabine and Din, a double Mando in, in Rebels, and it came to a point where I just, like I was having lots of fun playing, playing with it, but I wasn't winning as much as I would have liked to. Uh, so I kind of had to, even though I really wanted to keep playing Din, um, and I had heaps and heaps of reps with this list, various types of it, but Din and Sabine were the main, the mainstays where I wanted that. These were the things that I needed. Um, and I took a step back saying like, oh yeah, I want to win more, but I still want a little bit of this flavor that I wanted. So taking out Din and putting in Cassian and K2 instead, it helped me, it changed the list infinitely like it, it still had the flavor that i wanted it the list to be but it was just that maybe five ten percent more competitive than what it really could have been or just that yeah it's just that five ten percent better um so maybe it's just having thinking about it rec retrospectively thinking of like yep yeah, this is the list that i want to be figuring out exactly why you want that list to play the way you want it to, figuring out what bits are the most important to you, and then changing completely changing the things surrounding that um, to make it that, that little bit better, which can change, more often than not, change the list completely, the play style completely. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but still keeping some of that original flavor, why you want it to be that way. Mm. The science teacher in me comes out to sort of relate to what you're saying, Nick. I think just... Sit down, if you, if you want to really, really take the time to hash out a list type or a list realm to pitch to that suits you, sit down, make a list 
of dot points of what you know your list needs to look out for at, a, at, at like the most expected things you need to deal with. Just pick the top three, right? Pick the top two or three ways that you like to play in terms of how you like to utilize a list. So do you like to have a bounty hunter? Do you like to do that tactful, I'm going to come and get that extra point or secret mission or whatever? Is that your jam? Like, is that something you're really good at? If it is, put it on the list. They pick like the three things you got to look out for and then the three things that you enjoy play style-wise. Maybe go up to four if you like to. Then see where it overlaps the best and aim for that list archetype. Pick two things if you can that overlap. Um, and if you find two things that overlap, pitch to that archetype because that's probably where your favorite play experience, both in winning games, but also in enjoyment from the list is probably going to sit. So, but yeah. Um, anything else to add to that one, guys? Not that I can think of off the top of my head. Like, I think we all covered a large area of that question. Like, mm. the only thing I can think of, like, that I was going to cover before and I forgot is, like, when you say new releases, if this, if we're going to say that this is a Blizzard list that they're talking about, the only new release that I think would have impacted Blizzard in particular would have just been Dark Troopers when they came out and that just obviously that then brings in the impact meta and really emphasizes the impact meta because then you have to deal with all the armor that's coming through but then we've already talked about the impact and what you need in the list so yeah but i mean new releases could also refer to new battle forces as well it's yeah that new releases phrase is um a little versatile really in the way that it can be taken oh but, yeah um, yeah, hundred percent. Like, if you've got your old list, um, we grabbed your question from the server. Please, I, I would really encourage you. I'd love to see the list that you're running because I'd love to see what it's like and and throw it up in the Discord under list submissions and let us know because I'd love to see it. Um, and also the thing to think about is even though you've had all these reps in this list, those reps are not for waste. Like you, oh, you paid. Yeah, God, like it's something. All the lessons you have learned playing this list can can more often not be um, applied to any list you make. Like even if you come up against your own list or list archetype, you know the things and the things the the things it can and can't do, um, and the particular units. More often than not, units have a particular style that they like to do. More often than not, um, whether in any faction, they do the same sorts of things. Um, so knowing what those things are and what triggers what and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, those reps are not to be, not just wasted now. Um, now that you're thinking about playing a new list, it's the experience you gain from that as well. Yeah, you get a whole bunch of turn zero experience and exposure with that list and list archetypes that are similar. And then you just get and also just greater game knowledge in general playing a whole bunch of games you get to experience different different objectives different deployment how how you can do things with different units in very specific ways so it's mm. not all to waste just like nick was saying yeah absolutely i think um i think that all really wraps it up on on mm. a really really exciting side i had a mate come over yesterday to my place and he used to play warhammer quite a bit yeah. And he gave it up because it just started moving ahead of him at the 
point in time he was playing. He moved ahead of him way too quickly. He had to buy a lot of extra stuff and he just didn't want to throw the money into the pit the way that it demanded to be successful. Um, and he's been living in America for a while. This is the first time I've had the chance to like explain to him that I play Legion. And literally within the first 15 minutes of him being in my house, he's already bought the um, Blizzard Force set from the Games Bandit. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I'm like, he goes, yep, you've got me hooked now. My wife sat there and his wife sat there and oh boy. And I went, hey, the girls can come over. They can take the kids down to the park and you and I can set up a skirmish and I'll teach you the rules. And he goes, sounds like a deal. <laughs> <laughs> you got it done already. Fresh made for the grinder. Oh, yeah. And I think with that, we are out of time for this week's Rounds or Up podcast. I would like to thank my co-hosts, Nick and Curtis. Thank you, gentlemen. Always a pleasure. Anytime. And thank all of you for listening. Come and find the welcoming and helpful C4 squad on our Discord, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube streams. Links are always in the show notes. Take care, roll well, and as always, C4. 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 Thank you all for listening to the Rounds Are Up podcast by C4 Squad. Make sure to give us a review on your platform of choice and hope all of your roles are natty crits. Thank you and goodbye. Can I get a Can I get a We should get that done and put it up on the Apple Store and have it the Patreon. Patreon only. Yeah. <laughs>